Susan, Susan, uh, come over here. I need to. I need to show you something. What is that? I've. I've. I, I think I've seen something through the through the telescope. I think it might be a new planet. Um, a new planet. That's amazing. I know. Take a take a look through here. It's, it's amazing. There seems to be complex life on there. We're seeing. <gasps> we're seeing life forms that are engaging in 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 video games and. And comedic skits with voices. That's fascinating. I, I think I, I think I see some music and, and movies on this planet. Wow, it's such a rich culture they've got there. I know, they've even got to the point where they're like, you know, discussions of, of social politics mean that they can have like queer and trans people on this planet. That's incredible. I'm so glad that they have acceptance and, and, and open discussion about these matters. Exactly. Now, what do you think we name this planet? Uh, Epsilon Q7421. I was thinking something more like the planet Queer and Pleasant Strangers. Much better. Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Dale. And I'm not Jane Iris Magnet. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers, that podcast where two queer trans ladies make a bunch of jokes and try and make each other giggle and catch up on our weeks. And just have a bit of a natter. That's us. Yeah. It's not been very long since we last recorded one of these. No. We did a Saturday recording and now it's Tuesday. So we have had to like wedge some stuff in in a, <laughs> yeah, in a very short amount of time. You can um, wedge some stuff in my very short amount ooh. of time. If that's what I'm calling it now. <laughs> How has your week been, Jane? Uh, it's naughty. It's limey. Um, and very, very short comparison to our usual weeks. Indeed, it's a very short week. Yes, I'm still uh, leaking unspeakable ooze, <laughs> although it's less radioactive and more pastel now. So this is a benefit. Huzzah! Yeah, yeah, how about you? That's been alright. We recorded, we recorded this, we, uh, I've done a, I've, I've been doing some writing in my book, and Ooh. doing a lot of obsessively refreshing the, oh, how's my book doing? Oh, how's my book doing? Go on, plug the book. Uh, <laughs> I was not expecting to plug the book now. I was genuinely just like, oh, that's how my week's been. Let's get it right. Uh, what is it called? Uh, Things I Learned About Mario's Butt. It's on Unbound. We're like 36%-ish uh, funded at the time that the, we record this. Uh, probably more than that by the time you hear it. Go go support that book so that I can make a book about butts. I've been writing about a lot of butts today. I wrote about GLaDOS's butt today. Ooh. Yeah, I've told you about what I'm doing with that butt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's last been my week really, it's just been butt related stuff. Uh yeah, my, my week has been listening to your butt related stuff. He <laughs> I'm very hyped for the butt stuff. I've been having a lot of fun with butt stuff. <laughs> I enjoy butt stuff and I'm glad that you're bringing more butt stuff into the world. And I've already deeply invested in your butt stuff. You are not as deeply as some of the possible options for when you too could sign Indeed. up for a copy of this book. How deeply do you want to invest in my butt stuff? How deep do you want to get into Laura's butt? <laughs> oh, goodness. So, where should we start this week? Should we talk about what we've played this week? Yeah, go on in. Uh, so there's a thing we started playing together last Ooh. night that I'm excited to play more of. Uh, we started playing through Until Dawn. We did. Which is, uh, for, if, for anyone who doesn't know, it is a sort of choice narrative-based game where you make choices and consequences happen. Mm. It's a horror game. You're a bunch of teens up on a mountain. Arsehole teens, let's oh, get it very specific. Okay, a bunch of arsehole teens on a mountain who, like, the previous year when they went there, like, oops, some friends died on the mountain, and now they're going back a year later. Mm. What could go wrong? Who is the person in the mask with the flamethrower? 
there's 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 a few things to worry about in this in this mountain. I suspect it feels like they're they're slowly doing every single horror trope. They're they're dropping like teases for all the horror tropes. It's like which one of these is going to work out to actually be the problem? Will it be clowns or scarecrows or, or Native American spirits or will it be uh, or the the man with the wanted poster, the person from the wanted poster, or 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 um. <laughs> Wasn't there like a, a disgruntled local oh, yes. person? Disgruntled local person who warned them not to build on that mountain. Or yeah. Will it be something to do with the miners? Or I think there was a sanatorium that was hinted at. Yes. Well, hopefully by that they actually mean sanatorium. <laughs> Indeed. So, yeah, th- I've been through this game before, but this is your first time. How are you, how are you finding it? It's all right. It's... They've done a good job with Rami Malek. Yeah. It's definitely Rami Malek. It's Rami Malek, and I was right. The other one is the cheerleader from Heroes. Uh, unfortunately, I watched all of che- uh, all of Heroes in like one sitting, <laughs> so I've kind of forgotten it all almost immediately. It slid out of my head as easily as it slid in. I remember really enjoying seasons one and two, and then it went in a weird direction, yeah. and I don't remember enjoying it after that. But yeah. I remember enjoying the whole save the cheerleader, save the world season, and I believe I believe her name's Hayden Panettiere. She's she's in it. Rami Malek's in it. A bunch of people that I did not know, but like have been pretty good are in it. I'm pretty sure the um the psychologist is Peter Stormare, I think. Yeah, I mean they they their face seems familiar, but I couldn't put a name. I think there. it's Peter Stormare, but he he does a good job at that. But mm. we got we got a couple of hours in. Yeah. We we got far we're enough on in to that about it's, chapter four, I think we've just started. We we got far enough in that we've had like, here's your introduction to the asshole teens, and like here is Here's a bunch of tension-building scenarios, but none of them have actually had anything go wrong yet. It's just yeah. like, will it go wrong, will it go wrong, will it go... Ah. Which of them are going to hump and or, therefore die first, according to horror movie rules? Like, it went wrong, it went wrong. Oh, it turns out it was just a fake-out. and th- We've we've been going through the roller coaster of fake-outs waiting for like th- it to actually go wrong. Well, we 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 get it. You seem to be getting a bit closer to something now with the whole phone through the window thing. Yeah, that that whole scene and the way that one of the characters left that scene is like, oh, okay, we're having some stuff actually happen mm. now. Um, it's just an interesting little game that one. Yeah, I'm I'm curious to see where they go with it. If I they can I, keep anyone alive. I like that for the the narrative choices, they give you as much time as you want to make those choices. That's good because it gives me time to read things and ponder the yeah. uh, results of it. They, they occasionally feel like if you're in the middle of a running through something, you might have to make a quick ish decision. But yeah. they usually do take the fast but risky route, or right. the safe but slow route. I feel like with those quick time events, some of them need a bit of a get ready moment. Yeah. I know some, some games with QTs do that get ready. Yeah. And I, I feel like that would have been more handy because there was a couple of times we nearly missed prompts. Yeah. Because we were just like, this appears to be a cutscene now. Yeah. It, I think that's part of the design is that you have to always be slightly on edge of, is a thing going to happen I have to react to? Yeah. Like... I, I like some of the, the mechanics they've used for their quick time stuff. Like, I like the hold the controller still and do not move yeah. as a mechanic for, like, the ways they use that mechanic. It's it's not hard to imagine things like hold your breath and don't get spotted in a bush or something like that. It's been a bit... Uh, the first one I did, I, I cocked up the first time because part of me wanted to sort of level it before holding it yes, still. That's, that's the thing you have to fight is you have to be, no, whatever position it's in now, keep it there. Yes. Hopefully I wasn't scratching anything at the time. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I 
I've, I've been enjoying going back to that because mm. I've not played it in a while. Yeah, I mean the hot characters are horrible. Um, so I, I suppose you, you're supposed to not really care if some of them well, die a bit. So so often horror films have terrible, horrible people as their cast because then if they die, you don't feel bad about it. I don't know. I used to watch a lot of horror, but um, I feel like if I watched them now, I probably would notice what horrible people they yeah. were. Yeah. Well, like, of the cast we've seen so far and the actions we've seen so far on screen, um, there's one of the teenage cast who doesn't seem terrible comparatively. Um, what's his name? In the sort of sports jacket. Oh, the uh, the token black guy. Token black guy, yeah. Uh, I believe his name is, is Mike? Mike. Yeah, Mike. He's dating Emily, the like really fucking bitchy girl. Yeah. Um, where she just keeps being like, "No, take all my bags for me. Do this for me." Yeah, I didn't like the way he was having to carry her uh, all her stuff. Yeah, um, no, she's she's a fucking asshole, and he deserves. He seems to deserve better. Um, yeah, but also like the whole possessive thing, I found yeah. a bit unpleasant. So he's not without. Without his, he's not without his flaws, problems. but he's the least flawed of them, as far as I can tell. Yes, so that's nice of what we've seen so far. But I, I think they've been doing a good job of like he, the setup's been really nice on this. Hmm. Like they haven't rushed it; they give you time to have a good burn and be like, "Where is it going?" And get freaked out by the psychologist. Yeah, who sort of asks you like, "What scares you about this picture? Who do you like more or less of these people? Have you noticed that my office is getting more weird?" Yeah, um, so yeah, I, I like all the stuff it's doing. I'm curious to see how you find it as it gets a bit further in. Um, but I, I, I'm excited to go back to this because that company is in the next year or two making a bunch of like four or five hour shorter games, which Ooh. I'm really excited about those because I'm curious what they're going to do with a shorter time span. You see that Man of Medan. Man of Medan is the next one where it's something to do with like a. A, a, a sunken ship or like a, a ghost ship or something it's like oh we're going out and finding this spooky ship thing. so many spoops so many spoops mm. yeah have you played anything this week there is no sleep there is no rest there is no stopping there is only one more run Play some more Dead Cells. You've been playing a lot of Dead Cells. You're getting on pretty well with that. Yeah, I'm fairly consistently beating the Clockkeeper now. Yeah. Um, or the Timekeeper or whatever they're called. Yeah. Uh, the, the the top of the clock tower boss. Yeah, and I'm I'm managing to make progress within the, the high castle level, so that's okay, I guess. I haven't seen all of the biomes yet. I've not done the... Uh, I think it's the Deep Prisons or whatever it is. Yeah. I've been to the Forgotten Sepulchre once. I don't know. If yeah. I particularly need to grab anything there, but I'm told like for for um like cell harvesting, it's best to just do a straight run. Yeah, but you're 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 making really good progress. You're settling yeah. into your 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 move sets and item yeah. sets you like. I just got my level four uh, gold upgrade, so I get Ooh. like fifteen hundred gold to start a run with now. I think fifteen thousand. Fifteen thousand. Yeah, you get a lot now. Many golds. So that's a good start. Yeah. Um, I'm working towards my level four health flask. Yeah. I've got fifty percent of everything at um with one plus. Yeah. Settings. So I'm doing all right. I'm You're doing really well. Yeah, I found lots of blueprints, even if I've chosen not to uh, uh, <laughs> unlock many of them. Yeah. Mm. Uh, um, I'm dang impressed. What What you play? Uh, so I I played the demo for Taiko Drum Master on Switch, which That's is coming out in a couple impressive. of weeks. Uh, here's what I'll say. 
Um, I I would like to try this game with the drum peripheral it's it's uh, releasing with because Ooh. I always get on better with physical controls than motion controls for music rhythm stuff. Uh-huh. Um, I like the idea of this game. It's very simple. It's just hit the top of the drum or hit the side of the drum and just sort of focusing on that. I don't like the way that this game does it. Um, if you have to tweak for having screen delay, which we do with our telly, it's you know, a little bit of little bit of game game lag. Um, it's very it very poorly explains what the slider you're tweaking tweaks and like so I don't exactly know which way I need to put it to fix my problem. Ugh. And you have to go about three menus deep, tweak it back all the way back out to the main menu into a song start a song and try and like there's so much and then if that's wrong you have to back out back out to the main menu back into the settings menu there's so long between try try it to see if it's in sync hmm. tweak the setting back into try it that it's very difficult to feel does this feel better or not am i going in the right direction or not oh dear i like the thing that uh, rock band and guitar hero both do where it's like we will play a, a note just going d d d d sort of hit the thing when it when that happens and mm-hmm. like we'll, we'll sync up the telly or like when when it looks like it's in the middle hit the line and we'll tell how far out of sync you are yeah. stuff like that really works and this doesn't have that and I'm a bit yeah iffy about it but I'm not writing Taiko Drum Master off I just want to try I want to mm, I want to try some other methods of it, but we'll see. Um, mm. What about you? What have you been playing? There is no sleep. There is no rest. There is only Dead Cells. Is Dead Cells the only other thing you've played? I've, um, <laughs> yes. Okay, shall, shall I rattle through my couple of things? Do I've your played? things. I've played Dead Cells. It's good. Uh, I've been playing a bunch more uh, Undertale. Um, I finished my True Pacifist run on Switch, which I I very much enjoyed again. There were a bunch of things in that game I forgot how much I loved. I got to go do the Switch-exclusive new boss fight, and that was very cool. It had some cool mechanics on it. The music was really good. Are you humming Temi's song very quietly? I was doing a lot of uh, grinding uh, dog yeah, residue cool. around uh, Tammy Village, so Village. you were hearing a bit of that track. All that residue. But yeah, no, the the new boss fight was really cool. It has, I don't want to ruin what the mechanic is, but it has a very different mechanic to other boss fights. It's not too difficult, and it expands upon the story of a sort of minor character from the pacifist run that I'm like, oh, I'm really glad we got a little bit more of your narrative. Uh, I also, for the first time, like, actually played through the hard mode demo that's built into Undertale. Basically, yeah, if you set your character name as Frisk, you can play a demo that only goes as far as the end of the the underground when you finish the fight with uh, Toriel. (gasps) But, uh, yeah, there was a bunch of new enemy types in there that I had never fought. There was end-game enemies right from the very beginning, very limited health, and it was a nice challenge. I'm I'm glad I finally got around to trying that. And more to come, maybe. <laughs> yeah, Probably that's been not. in there for a long time. I don't <laughs> think that's ever coming, but we'll see. Um, 
So I'm now geared up with a completely separate user profile so that I don't destroy the beautiful thing that I created and I'm gonna start a genocide run again at some point because I, I really enjoy the gameplay in that even though that makes me a terrible person and a villain of the game. But it's fine because I'm doing it on a separate user profile so I'm not taking away the happy ending that is saved and quarantined and I will never touch. Toriel judges you silently. Toriel, Toriel judges me not even silently. Everyone judges me very loudly when I do genocide because I am a monster. And and you managed to do your your dance of death. I did. I worked out how to do the uh, the murder dance, murder dance. in uh, Genocide Run, where you basically hold up to walk into a wall, and then while you're holding up, also hold down, and you just kind of flicker back and forth and like ah, I'm doing a bunch of steps, doing a bunch of steps, doing a bunch of steps until things spawn for you to kill. Efficient murder! <laughs> um, and the other thing that I started playing a bit more of is I started playing uh, the, World's e- the World Ends With You Final Remix, which mm. is a Switch port of uh, a, DS, a DS RPG. I definitely got on a bit better with it when I tried playing it by myself and I wasn't worried about... I know there's co-op in this, where is the co-op? I still don't know where the, how, to, how to get the co-op in this game that apparently exists. You play as two characters at once in combat, and I assume that's what the co-op is to do with, but fuck me if I can find the fucking co-op. Um, but no, that game looks really nice. Like they've, they've done a really good job of making it look decently modern on modern tellies for a Ooh. DS game. Um, once I got the hang of what they wanted me to do with the, the new combat system, it is definitely less... It's less prohibitive than the DS's do two control schemes at once thing that had going on. I'm enjoying it. I'm I'm looking forward to digging further into that game because I remember really enjoying it on the DS. So, yeah, I've been playing that. And that's everything I have been playing. <laughs> Jane has just shown a funny image to me on the phone. Do you want to explain the image, or should we leave it a mystery for just us? It's the kids from um, Twilight Princess, Princess yeah. in the village, and uh, someone's captioned it with a series of unfortunate events. Yeah, you have the older sister, the middle brother, and the little baby. It's like, mm, yep. Hee hee hee. Well, that's everything I've played. Have you played anything else? There is no sleep. There is no rest. There is no stopping or going to work or bathing or eating. There is only one more. I played some dead cells. And with that, now it's time for this. Inside the boardroom of Electronic Active Softworks. Right, right. We've been uh, we've been getting a, a lot of flack in the media this uh, this week. I think it's important we have a meeting. Um, people seem to not be super keen on the fact we're doing hundred hour work weeks. Um, they they say that we should probably have been able to get this game done before uh, before launch without having to make people work twenty hours a day. But um, I don't know. You you got any suggestions of uh, bits of media in this game that we could cut to avoid crunch? I mean, we could always just cut out the ending and sell it back to them a few months later. Yep, yep, I'm I'm on board with this. We we ship it, you know, we don't do crunch, but we ship it unfinished. Um, yeah. Maybe we uh we ship it without any of the uh any of the diverse content, any of that stuff that that's that's entirely Well, you know, we all know that that's far too difficult to model, very expensive. Very, yeah, very exactly. Expensive. What about you cut the uh the, the shrinking and the weather horse bulls tack? Get that fucking intern out of here. Uh, How many times have we got to tell you people, you know, the balls are important. 
We the, have to have the balls in the game. The balls are the entire reason we made this game. If we can't make this, if we can't make the horse balls without hundred hour work weeks, we might as well not even make the game. Why do we? Wh who? Why? Why even make a game if you can't watch some big old swinging horse balls getting slightly or, smaller? Or yeah, exactly, small horse balls if it's cold. Yeah, exactly. I want to see. I want to see some big old pendulous nads. Indeed. Now, saving money, maybe we just don't ship the game, other than the horse balls. Yeah. How about this? We'll just do horse ball simulator, and uh, and we'll just uh, we'll maybe check out the rest of the game as a season pass over the course of three or four years. There'll be ultimate editions and superior editions, and uh, and maybe we could stop hiring interns. You're a goddamn genius. I know. Do you need a store that simultaneously serves small children who are curious about flashing lights and highly wasted adults who just need something to focus their brain on? Yeah, man. Well, welcome to Toddler or Trashed, a place full of all the best stuff for both young children and adults who are wasted on a night out partying. Do you need flashing lights that spin? Absolutely. Do you need sweets with simple riddles on the back of the packet? My kids will love that. Do you need a colouring book that just, like, it's really gonna help you get through that five minutes where your brain's a bit, ooh. Uh, <laughs> I feel like my eyeballs are vibrating. Well then, you need Toddler or Trashed. All the best things for people whose brains are, you know, just on about that level right now. So, <gasps> what have you looked at? What have I looked at this week? Uh, I've not looked at a huge amount of stuff. Let me get my, my looked at list. Um, we watched Doctor Who together. We did. It was good. Yeah. Continuing to enjoy that new that new Doctor. I'm, I'm liking that new Doctor. That uh, good Doctor. I'm enjoying this new creative team that they've got now that fucking Moffat has left. I'm like, oh, I'm enjoying this again now. Mm. Like Moffat had clearly... He had a set number of ideas and he had used them. Yes. I'm enjoying a bit of fresh creative vision on this show. We've not seen a Dalek yet. I know, right? Gosh. But yeah, no, I I'm enjoying I'm enjoying the cast so far. I've I I know we slightly differ on this, but I've really enjoyed the three companion setup we've had at I the like moment. Two of them. You're not, I'm not keen a big on fan uh, of Walsh. I think he works as part of the ensemble. I wouldn't want him as the only companion. But I think he works as part of the group. But uh, I don't know if I've got much else to say about it. I'm enjoying Doctor Who, which I haven't done in a while. Uh, what about you? What have you enjoyed with your eyes? We watched some Glitter Force. Oh, yes, we did. Yeah, that's a, a weird anime. It's like school anime. It's... It feels very similar to like a card captor Sakura or a um, Sailor Moon type thing. It um, feels like a fucking toy line is what it feels oh, like. But both of those did as well. <laughs> uh, don't get me wrong. Um, it, it's If you're familiar with those kind of 90s uh, magical girl animes, it's the production value is a little higher. It's The complexity of its plots feels a little more simple. It's it's very formulaic. It's very... So form far. Oh, yeah. So far, it has been very formulaic. Is every episode, um, girl has magical powers and glitter transforms her into magical girl. Um, 
fairy tales are real and the fairy tale villains are like, oh, every episode we're going to move this clock one further forward and try and give Some the world an unhappy ending. They beat a monster that is a different thing with the same face and then they get a little charm, which is basically like, here's all the collectible toys for you. Yeah. Well, I mean, so far we've been introducing the sort of five Glitter Force um, yeah. heroes. We, we got so them. hopefully we will get out of that the awakening of the next one every yeah. single episode. I, I think we're only five episodes in and literally yes. every one of them has been an awakening episode for one of the five heroes. I don't believe in superheroes. Oh, a bad thing has happened. Now I've turned into a magical girl. I believe in superheroes. Yeah, I'm curious to see where it goes from there. Yeah, but... well, it can only go somewhere else from there. <laughs> yeah, but like, it's... It's like well, it's well produced. It's it's enjoyable to watch. Like the the fight scene animations yeah. have been nice. I'm curious to know where it goes next. Yeah, I I like the fact that its villains have like a very set procedure of like this is when we meet, we reach the big bad. Yep. So like it very much seems like unless something changes, we're gonna be roughly twenty four episodes <gasps> to get to here's the big bad. Yeah. So. I like that it's not something that's probably going to get dragged on indefinitely. Well, you never know. I'm sure there'll be a, a reason for a series too. So, there are two seasons up on Netflix Ooh. already. And as far as I can tell, it ends at the end of season two. And then they move on to a new group of five with a new Glitter Force. Here's two seasons of this Glitter Force. The holy hand grenade. Yeah. Okay. So I believe that's the case. Um, right. We'll see. I don't know if I'll move on and watch a second group do this over again, but, no, but I, I'm curious to see more of this series. Yeah, you know, I'd like. As I say, we've I think we've got through the bland and formulaic bit now. Hopefully, it will pick up a bit. We'll see. Yeah, I'm willing to give it the the risk it for a biscuit. Yeah. What else have you been watching? What else have I been watching? I just did that one. Um, I watched a bunch of TED talks. Ooh, tell me about some of your TED talks. I watched one called uh, "How I Became Part Sea Urchin." Oh, hang on. So I watched How I Became Part Sea Urchin by Catherine Moore. Um, and she's talking about being a uh, wildlife photographer. Like, film trying to get, like, the, that, those, that, that shot yes. of underneath the, the spawning sharks. Oh, like, yeah. As yeah. they're all sort of spinning around above. And apparently the, the current was quite, quite harsh underwater. So she's down there, you know, trying to sort of stay below the level, not disturbing the sharks. Yeah. But also being avoiding being sort of shoved into the rocks by yeah. by the, the current. So sort of one hand out to sort of brace against the rocks. And um just felt this sudden pain. Yeah. And looked down and and sort of some blood coming off from, from glove. And there was a, a sea urchin's spine. Straight, oh. straight through her glass. Oh no! Uh, so unpleasant. Yeah, a little bit. Um, like two days away from um, like medical help. Yeah. Uh, and uh, bleeding around sharks. Yeah, no, you don't want a circle of sharks, and you've <laughs> just started bleeding. Um, so she's talking about sort of the thought process that went through her head, and it, that there's like um, all these little um, pictures going up in the background. Basically, got her uh, child um, to draw like scenes from this story. <gasps> it's all really nicely put together like that, and um, talks about sort of managing to get up to the boat and and realizing sort of from knowing biology and things that the sharks aren't going to attack because of like the the sort of thing that they're doing at the time 
Okay. I, I don't understand shark biology. They're not, I don't it, fully it's, remember. It's not dinner time. It's not dinner time. <laughs> so she gets back up to the boat. She can't get any um help, like any any help medically, um, and sort of talks about what you have to do in that event uh, to avoid getting horribly poisoned by the um by the urchin um toxins. So um, there's all of that story in getting back and then um, sort of still getting lots of pain in the hand and there was like part of the spine still in hand. Ah. So um, arranged for an operation to have that removed and then broke her uh, pelvis falling off a horse. (laughs) Um, So that meant six weeks in recovery and uh, all the time to recover and um, sort of it then becomes like a a whole other story that's very sweet that you should listen to because it's, it's very yeah. very cute, um, and about how then uh, what then happened thereafter. I won't sort of spoil the ending, yeah. But uh, it it was quite quite an interesting and, and sort of dramatic story, Aww. and all very nicely illustrated. What what you watch? I've not uh, I've not watched much else new. Um, I've continued watching Buzzfeed Unsolved. I finally got to season four and got back to the true crime stuff, which is Ooh. the stuff that I find really interesting. Yeah, I wasn't super digging the. Uh... No, I'll, I'll have to show you some of the crime stuff. The crime stuff I think is more interesting. There was a really interesting crime one I watched today from season Ooh. four. Uh, it is called the Bizarre Collar Bomb Bank Robbery. Oh bloody hell! So. To make a long story short, there's this guy who works at a pizza shop, right? And the the pizza shop gets a call and says, "Can you deliver a pizza to this to this address?" And the guy, by like, end of his shift, he goes, "Okay, I'll do one last delivery." Two hours later, that man is outside of a bank with a collar bomb around his neck, pleading to the police that, like, no, this is a real collar bomb. If I do not go and drop this money off somewhere that I stole from this bank, I will blow up. And then his head blows up. Whoa. And this all happened in the space of about two hours. And there's this whole, like, they find this whole series of notes that he's got in his possession of, like, instructions he's been given by whoever's put this this bomb collar around his neck that basically are like, do this, do that, here's a weapon, go in this bank, steal this money, put it here. And basically sending him on this wild goose chase around LA with the promise at the end of, if you complete all these tasks, we will take the bomb collar off. And there's a lot of weirdness around it. Um, the story he told police while the bomb collar was on his neck doesn't make sense. But also, it was very clear there was a bomb collar on his neck and it blew up. And, and clearly, um, well, it's probably quite a high-stress yeah. situation um, at that point. Yeah, uh, interesting things. Like, the police tried to follow the trail of, like, these things he'd been told to do after he'd blown up yeah. and continue to try and follow the list. And it's like... This is impossible. This is an impossible errand. It's like, was he given this list of errands? The the running theory that I really liked was basically there's these three people who, it seems, wanted him to rob the bank, and then the him with the bomb collar on was going to be the distraction so they could pick up the money and go. Mm. Like, he... he They misled him into thinking, like, you can, you can get out of this alive. But ultimately, like they were always planning for him to to blow up because then it gets rid of their wit of the witness. Yeah. So it's a really interesting, like complex murder that occurred. There's also theories that there's things that implicate maybe the man with the bomb collar on his neck at some point in proceedings was a willing participant mm. uh, to certain degrees. It's a really interesting crime. I would recommend. I recommend that one. It was a fascinating little crime Ooh. mystery um 
So yeah, what about you? What you been watching? You opening a drink? No. I'm gonna have some of me cider. It's all right. What you been? What you been putting in your eyes? I watched a uh, another TED talk called um, "Why Museums Are Returning Treasures." Um, is this the plot of Black Panther? <laughs> These are all things <laughs> they that... watched Black Panther and went, "Fuck, you know what? Kill Great. Killmonger did nothing yeah. wrong. Kill- Killmonger, maybe he shouldn't have murdered so many people, but like he had a point. <laughs> he did have a good point. He did have a good point." Maybe don't keep all these things you stole from other countries under the name of colonialism and be like, no, these are ours now. Yeah. Yeah, they're ours. So that it it does mention sort of various treasures around the world that are known to be in, in large museums, predominantly British ones. Oh yeah, no, we fucking colonised the shit out of everything and took everyone's valuables and went, these are ours now, look at what we found. Yes. And, and they will get back to that at the end of this. Um, so this is um, with uh, the. It was hosted by or, or done by Chip Colwell, yeah. and it's about um, returning Native American uh, items uh, to the tribes, uh, including human remains. So mm. far, they've managed to return one million articles and fifty thousand skeletons. Which do you, is? Do you really need that many skeletons? Well, this is like. A, a lot of them are sort of from American um, museums at first, but also like around the world. Yeah. And they talk about sort of going uh, with one of the tribe leaders around the world to sort of go to various museums and say, hey, could we have our. Um, um, they talk about these um, war gods. I don't know if you've ever heard of these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're carved things and they're, they're described as not even things. Or, or articles, they are gods, protectors, important things, um, and and should you know they're not they don't belong to anyone. They belong to the world, and yeah. and and that's not for you to go removing them from where they belong. Indeed. And um, um, one of the bits they talk about was going to the British Museum, mm. who said that they were afraid that if you uh, if if you take this back, uh, that's um, that'll set a precedent. And everyone will want their shit back, oh, including no. the Greek marbles. What a what a shame it would be if people wanted their shit back. People, here's the spoiler: British Museum, give it, back, give it all back. Here's, here's the spoiler: they probably already want it all back, and you know it is theirs, and you're not letting them have it back. That's called being a thief. That sounds like Britain. Yeah. Yeah, maybe we deserve Brexit after all. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Uh, you got any more? I oh, know that's everything I watched. Uh, I will skip skip to my next one. Um, yeah. <laughs> what? Um, so the last one I watched was the press tramp trampled on my privacy. Here's how I took back my story by Kate Stone. Do you know Kate Stone? No, not by name. Uh, Kate Stone is a a, a pretty awesome scientist who um did a, a previous TED talk about interactive paper and making like. Um, the I think there was like a like a a turntable that she made out of just papers. Oh wow! It's it's really incredible, like the the printing technology and the stuff they were doing with it. Like definitely watch that thing. It's really fascinating. So, uh, a, a couple of years ago, uh, she was walking home in the dark late at night, opened a gate and felt something thunk into her. And right. uh, hit the dirt and was uh, complete. Basically, she'd been uh, charged by a stag, 
Oh. And it had, you know, obviously, like, broken huge amounts of her. It managed to put, a, a like, an antler through her throat. Oh, yeah, no, those, those are fucking deadly beasts. It was all over the press. But you might not have heard the bit about the stag at all. Okay. Because the press went with... Trans scientists, uh, sex swap scientists, oh. um, hit by stag, blah blah blah, or in the hospital in critical condition, like, and it went uh. on and on and on. It first started with the local papers reporting it of she's trans, blah 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 blah. Not she's a badass scientist, yeah, uh, or even local woman, <laughs> yeah, yeah. This, this um, all sounds right. They just went on and on and on and on. And on. And um, she's talking about how, like, she, she in the three and a half months it took her to recover, the press had run away with the whole story, and she was, she basically, sort of, rather than being angry about it and, and aggressive about it, she decided to sit down and have a reasonable conversation with people, and, and get a dialogue going between uh, herself and people like, the Sun, or the Mirror, or the Daily oh, Mail. Did did that actually <coughs> go anywhere? Um, there there were apologies in person, but I don't think anything ever got in print, oh. which I will come to in a minute. <laughs> and she's talking about how you know this has uh, eventually got her a seat at the table with the IPSO, the Independent Press Standards Organisation. Mm. So sort of every few months she gets to turn up there. And uh, she talks about sort of avoiding your own prejudice and talking to those who've who've wronged you and so forth. And here's where I fundamentally disagree with her. Like, on every level. The fact that she's going, oh, I had custard creams with Paul Dacker at the Daily Mail. Like, he's a... Mate, no amount of biscuits in the world is going to save all the wrongs that he's done. And maybe you've got a personal apology in print, but that has not changed the shitty things the Daily Mail has done. Constantly. Here's the thing I will say without getting too into specifics. Um, my personal opinion is if someone is willing to give you a personal apology, but they will not publicly apologise for the public thing they did that hurt you, it's not really an apology. No. Because they still want the 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 positives that they get from having hurt you. They don't want to take the hit that it it takes to go... I was wrong to try and hurt this person. Yeah. And given that we've just seen today, that, or in the last couple of days, <laughs> that uh, hate crimes against trans yeah. people are up yeah. a ridiculous amount. Yeah. No. Um, you know, I think the press are doing a bloody good job with their plans yeah. to uh, cull minorities. Yeah. There, there was an incident last year where someone would apologize. They did apologize to me over the phone. They did not publicly apologize for. <coughs> I have no idea what you coughed there. No idea. <laughs> okay, yes. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's... I didn't angry about that's, that. Well, I, did, I still don't angry about that. Hmm. You seemed very chill at times. Like, well, well, this happened over the phone. I, I couldn't. And I was just like, Here's the thing. <laughs> In that moment, I was not going to start that particular fight. Anyway, that sounds like an interesting thing to watch, even if I disagree with the person's end choice. Exactly. But... And that's why I decided to keep it on the list for this week. Yeah. Uh, anything else you've put in your eyes this week? Uh, that's everything I've put in my eyes this week. I've finished growling into the microphone. <laughs> so... <gasps> Hey, Laura, we've got another sponsor. Another sponsor? Who are we sponsored by this week? This week we are privileged to be sponsored by that those tech giants 
at losable headphones. <gasps> oh goodness, tell me more about losable headphones. Losable headphones are super small wireless earbuds specially designed to camouflage with their surroundings. And that means that you can lose them at home, at <gasps> the gym, you could in the office, or just out and about. I can lose them anywhere. Absolutely. And you know the best thing about them? What? They are Bluetooth, so you can be sure that if by some miracle you don't lose them, the battery will give up after a few hundred charges, and they will become totally fucking useless. Oh my goodness, where can I get some losable headphones? Just head over to losableaudio.com and uh, type in the coupon code uh, QUIPS39. Is that the episode number? That is the episode number. Ah, yeah. I'll do that. So Quips 39 and that'll get that'll get you uh, a discount on some excellent quality losable headphones. Oh, I've lost mine already and I haven't even ordered them. Well, they, they sent us those promotional ones. And... Oh, well, see, I'd know that if I hadn't lost them. Well, I, don't, I think they got lost in the mail. <laughs> That's losable headphones uh, for all your losable audio needs. <laughs> Tonight on News Time, we have film director Ron S. Filanetti to answer questions from porcelain doll Arabella, who claims that he's made everyone afraid of her. Yeah, see, before your film came out, people just thought I was a normal doll, and no one was terrified of me. And now everyone's just convinced I'm going to, you know, devour their brains and eat their eyeballs and murderously stab them. You've totally misrepresented me. I do not feel that this is the case, you know. I, I wanted to make beautiful art and uh, I, I feel that uh, I've, I've represented uh, all porcelain dolls as a whole uh, very well. You know, I, I think that it, it's, it's true to say that the, the things that I carried out in my film, that uh, those are things that have happened. No, you are totally misrepresenting the entire porcelain doll community as all being full of murderous, 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 family-murdering evil dolls. I have met so many porcelain dolls who have never murdered a family in their life. Okay, but how many of them have been serially killing cats around the M25? Uh, I've met many who haven't done that. Okay, but how many have you met that have started suicide cults and actually managed to kill upwards of a hundred people? Okay, we don't have to talk about stuff I've done. I'm talking about the community at large. Just because I've done a few a few things that might be evil does not mean it's fair to present porcelain dolls as evil on the whole. There you have it, horrible bigot Ron S. <laughs> Felinetti. Thank you for talking to us, Arabella. Your your story is... <laughs> That murder that I've just committed should not be attributed to all porcelain dolls. There's a lot of them that are lovely. Hashtag not all porcelain dolls. So, <gasps> have you put anything in your ears this week? Uh, yes. Earplugs. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yes, I've put things in my ears. Uh, so I listened to uh, Thunderstruck by Big Giant Circles. Uh, do you know Big Giant Circles? I don't know them off the top of my head, no. Uh, so they're, they're, they're pretty commonly known around the OC remix. Oh, uh, okay. Right, right, okay. Um, this particular track is uh, sort of, it's Song of Storms. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, it's a really nice mix of that. Um. It's got like a mix of really sort of very sort of chip tuny sounds of the original, and then like this really powerful drumline, nice soaring violins, and um, 
like some rainfall sounds in there as well. I feel like I might know this one. I knew it was OC Remix. I didn't know the specific OC Remix artist. It's a good track. Nice. If it's the one I'm thinking of, it is a good track. What else you got? Uh, I've never listened to a huge amount this week. Uh, let let me let me look at my list. Uh, I listened to lots of the Undertale soundtrack again this week because you were playing it. I was playing it, and then like. I found it was the right thing that my brain wanted to listen to while I was working. It's good. That continues to be like, it's got a good, solid tempo to that album that just makes me want to go like, go, 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 go. What about you? What do you listen to? Uh, also on the OT remix, I listened to The Impresario by uh, Jake Kaufman and Tony Ped- Pedrini. Okay. Uh, it's a Final Fantasy six track. <coughs> <coughs> Uh, sort of rock opera style. Um, it's got these uh, beautiful changes. It's lovely harmonies and some really nice guitar. Mm. Um, yeah, and it's quite a nice long track. Good rock opera thing. I don't really know Final Fantasy VI very well, so I, I don't know how well the lyrics sort of go with the the game. But there we go. That that. What else you got? Uh, it's very little of it's new this week. Ooh. I went back and listened to some My Chemical Romance stuff again. Same. Yeah, I uh, re-listened to Three Cheers to Sweet Revenge. Which, Same! Uh, you, do you want to tell your story about you not knowing about the first track? Uh, I think the, I mentioned it on here before. Yeah. The, the the person that lent me their copy of Three Cheers for Sweet, for Sweet Revenge, um, because I got into... I, I think I'd heard I'm Not Okay, I Promise, on some radio show, TV, video thing, nurse. And I was like, I like that. And they were like, oh my god, I love my chemical romance. You must listen to all of it. I've got all of it. Here, borrow my CD. <laughs> um, their disc was fucked. And um, I had to rip it to even listen to it at all. Yeah. And um, Helena wouldn't play. So I didn't know. Where, sort of From the beginning of the track, I'm like, what's this? I don't know this trick. This is the bonus for a particular version. Oh no, wait, it's Helena. Ah. <laughs> Yeah, that that was my Helena story. Yeah, how how did you find going back to that album? It's good. I enjoyed more of it than I had previously. Um, yeah, uh, consistently I found the album pretty good. I like that. Yeah. We'll listen again, undoubtedly. It continues to be like probably my favorite thing they've like my favorite of their albums to go start to finish on. Where I'm like, I'm just like, yes, yes, yes to every track. <sighs> what? I'm a bigger Black Parade fan. I must be honest. Uh, Black Parade is an amazing concept album. I hate this as a thing because I don't mean this to sound like hipstery or anything. It's not because it was popular. Yeah. It's because it got overplayed. overplayed to the point that like, I, as someone that liked that band and was already listening to them a lot in my own time, didn't want to listen to individual tracks by themselves. I still love that album if I'm listening to it like start to finish. I'm, what I'm doing is listening to the album. I love the vinyl for that reason because I like just putting it on and being like, it's just going to play through and be its concept album. Mm. I don't tend to listen to individual tracks from it terribly much. Mm. Uh, Disenchanted's still great. I have a I have a famous last words tattoo. Like I don't not like that album, but mm. uh, yeah, no. The other one I went back and listened to was it's not technically an album of theirs. It's um. Conventional Weapons, ah, which, one. yeah, was basically a collection of, I think it was like 12, 10, 12 tracks that were... Um, almost sequel to Black yeah, Parade. Yeah, the stuff that was like, we almost did this on the Black Parade, and then pair that with, I listened to some of the unreleased demo tracks uh, that were like, 
stuff that almost that almost was before the Black Parade oh, uh, that got released on the Black Parade's tenth anniversary re-release. Um, just listening to a lot of the um, the sort of like here and there bits of almost MCR music. Mm. Um, I really like uh, Ambulance. Ambulance is a fucking jam. I fucking love that one. Um, there, there's there's a few really good tracks on there. So yeah, just been listening to some old MCR stuff. What about you? What you been listening to? I listened to a track by Jack Russell called Boss Fight. It's very chipper, nice and upbeat, very uh, sort of chip tuny. Uh, got a really nice walking beat to it. You can really sort of bounce along to it. So I'm guessing if it was a boss fight, it would be maybe a Kirby boss rather than a <laughs> Final Fantasy boss. But yeah, definitely recommend that. Yay! What else you got? I don't know if I've got anything else. Let me double check. No, that's it, really. That's all I've really listened to. Ooh. And then it's just been tracks I've already listened to that I went back to. <laughs> so? So how are we going to go about this? Okay, well, there's so much money to be made from this LGBT market again, obviously. Yeah. So, yeah. like, look, we, 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 we did it this year. We stick LGBT flags up in the window during Pride season. You know, get yeah. the gays in there because, you know, they've got money to spend. It's worth promoting to get LGBT people, right? Right. Yeah. Um, but like, here's my problem. I don't know how we promote to them outside of Pride season. Like, how do we get them to spend money on things when it isn't Pride? Well, you know, uh, outside of that, I guess we could. We, we how about we 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 make some genuine, uh, some gay or queer programming, some some trans programming. You know, we we make like some show people in a positive light. We'll we'll not kill off the 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 gay couples. You know, we'll make sure that they get to have happy endings and stuff. We'll put them in all our soaps so that people in in the street can see that it's perfectly normal being gay or trans or or or, or any 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 of the uh, the uh, the quilt bag as I believe some people use to uh, express the whole LGBTQIA plus. I don't know what you're on about. LGBT people don't buy anything. They don't buy anything. Only straight people buy things. If we if we put anything other than straight people in a thing, it'll never sell. I'm well aware that I just said LGBT people will buy things if it's catered to them, but don't be ridiculous. Queer representation will never sell. The media. They can't see their own hypocrisy. It's a violent hypocrisy. <laughs> Upcycled glassware, filled with flammable liquids, stuffed with repurposed fabric wicks. Large wooden apparatus that deliver heavy downward blades at the flick of a switch. Plain black hoodies with matching scarves and boots, from each according to their ability, to each according to their needs. This isn't just revolutionary equipment. This is the people's revolutionary equipment from Marxist Spencer. Question time! It's time for questions. Questions? Mm. What are the questions? Uh, Becky Toot here would like to know uh, Should managers of products. Yeah. Should managers of projects that uh, end in crunch uh, keep their jobs? If you are resorting to crunch, you're not a terribly efficient project manager. You have, you have either either push tried to push your project out too early, or you have not put enough people on your project. 
And like the the scale of project you want to do and the release date you want to hit just aren't meshing together. Mm. That should not be your employee's problem. That no. should be your problem. No, I like I don't mind the concept of a little bit of overtime voluntarily, because I find yeah. that quite handy sometimes to be able to you know go and do a job that I can have a little bit of extra money here and there should I want it on a voluntary basis. But like the idea of people being forced into hundred hour weeks. Is just not good enough. Um, what else? I put some other things down. Like, ditch the things you can't afford. Uh, yeah. Um, don't, don't, don't spend people hours developing shrinking horse testicle physics and then go, oh no, we don't have time to finish the important things in our game before it releases. Exactly. Maybe finish you, the game. Maybe your game wouldn't have needed crunch if you'd gone, hey... Shrinking in the weather horse testicle physics can maybe wait till a patch like two weeks after launch. Or even go, here is the game start to finish. Now we want to do some polish with it. We've got a couple of weeks left. Can we sort out the horse balls? Yeah, maybe prioritize, like put the horse balls somewhere on your priority list that isn't, we're going to do it and we're going to need crunch to pay for it. Yeah, and you've got like, at that point you should have a choice of like, we put it out in a patch, or we say, hey, here was a feature we just didn't have time for. It would have been nice, but no horse balls. Hashtag souls. Yeah. Like, well, uh, what are the questions we got? Uh, Sergeant Spoopy, uh, if you suddenly lost all of your video games today, what would be the first game you would get another copy of? Ooh, tough question. Ooh. Um, hmm. I don't know, have you got an answer for this? I'm not sure, like... There are games that I will replay again regularly, but very few of them are actually still annual. Like, for years I would replay uh, the Interplay uh, Lord of the Rings game. Mm. And then once I got a PC and a job, and I could actually afford to buy games, rather than going, I'm still emulating this from a bajillion to years ago (laughs) in a DOS DOS emulator or whatever. Like, I, I... I sort of lost interest in endlessly replaying games and went, there's so much out there I could be playing new. I think the only one that I still regularly replay, like, annually is To The Moon. So that's, that's like, one of my favourite games of all time. It's, like, fairly short. It's short enough I can replay it in a single sitting. Mm. And because it's a digital game, it might not be physically available forever, so I would want to get a copy and be like, yes, I have it again. Mm. As opposed to, like, Things that get physical releases, I'll always be able to track a copy down somewhere or another, so yeah. I, I guess that'll be my answer. I think the closest game that I've played sort of fairly annually recently would be Dare the Tentacle. I think I've played that every year or every other year, pretty much. Yeah. Whether it be the original or the remaster. That's more a good answer. Of, more of that, okay. Um, Kit Anderson would like to know, any plans for Skellington Day? Um... This is the problem I have with MCM is uh, MCM Comic Con in London is always in October and it's always so close to Halloween that I end up like dressing up in October for for Comic Con and then not really doing anything on Halloween night itself. Mm. It's I uh, I don't have any local friends that like do do Halloweeny things locally. Do you like doing Halloweeny things? Uh, I mean, a Halloween at home. I don't <gasps> don't go outside the house. Do you do you dress up in in Halloweeny attire at home? 
I, I will usually <gasps> dress up for Halloween anyway. Ooh, I'm excited. I've never had like someone locally to, to Halloween with. We can Halloween together. We Although can... you have you have said that if I keep the scooped out eyes prosthetic on, that you're not uh, going to smooch me. I'm probably not going to smooch you with the smo- scooped out eyes. I apologise. You could dress up as like Link, though, and uh, be like, <laughs> Halloween, yay! <laughs> do junior Halloween just... when I get home. Pardon? Do do sort of adult Halloween <laughs> during the day, and then junior Halloween when I get home. Halloween for Which is more sexy Link. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not that, like... I'm. I would be scared to have you in the house. It's that I just. I would find it difficult to kiss you. As long as you're right with that evening being like relatively smooch-free, you could be no. able to scoop out. I need my smooches. Okay. You. Well, maybe just. I'll, I'll sexy link it up for you when I get home. <laughs> okay. I'll spank you with the master sword <gasps> or something. Hello. Uh, is Liam Moyer again a smooch mothman in front of Sasha? Uh, so this question for people who were wondering is about Dice Funk Season 5, the D&D podcast I do. Um, Leah Moira would like to smooch anyone who consensually would like to be smooched. If if Leah Moira finds Mothman before Sasha does, she gon' she gon kiss Mothman. She gon' get that first kiss. Uh, any advice for Halloweening as a not-out trans lady? Hmm... Trying to think back to myself in terms of costume stuff I did when I wasn't out, but I was doing costumes at conventions. I just use it as the excuse to go femme for the day. Often, in... I, I, I know yeah. now as as a, as a trans person, it's very often seen as a hey, my uh, my identity is not a, a costume. But at the same time, it's quite good for people who are so far in the closet or or yeah. even slightly in the closet as a. Hey, I got to be me for a day. And yeah. like, as somebody who's, you know, despite all the colours, I'm quite goth. Yeah. And I love goth, the goth aesthetic. So the idea that you can make Halloween every day, like Muppets treat Christmas, if you, if you find it in your heart, Halloween is with you every day. Yeah. I, I, I somewhat agree with that. Like, a lot of my early costuming stuff I did at conventions when I wasn't out was like, ha isn't it so funny that I am doing this, but also... Oh, I just get to be me for a bit. That's good. Mm. Hooray. It's, so, it's quite it's, cathartic to go be able to go. Like, n- not even ha-ha, isn't it funny that I do the thing? But, like, if someone comes up and tries to be a jerk about it, I can be like, ah, yes. But, like, the rest of the time I would just be like, I'm getting to be me for the day. Yeah, it's just... I look awesome in this miniskirt. Exactly. I've still got that miniskirt. Exactly. So, yeah. Um... So yeah, do with that as you will, but um, but certainly that nobody's identity is a costume. So Indeed. do at least respect that for people. Um, Jacob Marion would like to know if there is one project that if you could, if, if there is one project that you could collaborate on, what would it be? Oh, probably some kind of podcast where we talk about social justice stuff. <laughs> uh, projects that I would love to do. I'd love to collaborate with someone Together. musical. But I'll I'll, I'll ask her. Oh, I apologise. I misunderstood the question. I thought you meant just in general. No. Ah. Uh, well, we. Here's the thing. We're already we collaborate on this, yep. and we've got an upcoming collaboration that's going to take some time to get a backlog on. But I think if there's a thing we wanted to collaborate on, we'd just collaborate on it. I'd quite like to do another D and D, but we really need more people for that. Yeah, we need more people, and like. Mm, we 
we need time because we've we've got a fairly full. Yeah, you already have quite a full deck. I have quite a full deck of podcasts, and we're trying to do a podcast yeah. thing. So. At least we're keeping that one cash. Yeah. So what are the questions? Uh, actually, have you got an answer for that? Oh yeah, you answered. Yes, the podcast thing. Yes. Uh, have you got any other questions there? Um, evil missing no. Um, what's one game you play at least every year? Oh, we've already done that one. Sort of answered that, didn't we? We did. Yeah, we accidentally answered it early. Um, um, spooky heavy man would like to know bees. Bees. Uh, yes, please. That we need them for all of the uh, you know vegetable based. Food that I eat. If we want the world to exist in another, like, 30 years, we need bees. Yes, so please, yes, please, bees. Yes. Be nice to your friendly bees. Oh. Friendly neighbourhood bee person. Uh, Drob. Hi, Drob. Hi, Drob. Um, thanks for all the awesome art. Thank you. Uh, have you seen Venom? And what do you think of the movie in general? I'm gonna be honest, my entire knowledge of Venom is through Tumblr. And here's what I know. Um, monster, uh, the part of Tumblr that wants to have sex with like eldritch monsters is really digging Venom having sex with Eddie Brock. Uh, I have heard that apparently Venom and Eddie Brock kiss. I don't know if that's real, but like it would wishful ex- thinking. It that. would explain the whole like hard on the monster fucking Tumblr has for Venom. Uh, and I have seen a trailer that ends with. Like, Venom saying the word turd, which is, like, a weird thing. Like, that I, that we, feels weird and immature and not with the tone of the rest of that trailer. Oh, did you not hear? They cut 40 minutes out of the film to make it a PG-13. Oh, yeah, then, no, that's, that, that sounds like it makes <coughs> sense. I've heard it's apparently, like, very... It doesn't know whether it wants to be a fun anti-hero film or if it wants to be a serious film. Yeah, I feel like they... they, they... Somebody initially went in with the "Hey, Deadpool is good. Let's make, yeah. let's do another one of those." And then somebody else came along and went, "Actually, we want to sell more toys, so uh, <laughs> we're going to cut forty minutes. We're, we're going to cut what? Um, what's the name of the guy who plays Eddie Brock? Oh, um, one of the Toms. Uh, Tom Hardy. Hardy. Tom Hardy, I think. That one. Uh, apparently he said they cut the best 40 minutes out of the film. Yeah. Uh, my favourite way I saw it described was someone quoted back that that terrible scene from the trailer where they were like, Venom feels like it's had its arms and legs ripped off and it's been left to roll down the street like a turd in the wind. And I'm like, well, okay, that tells me everything I need to hear. Seems to me that you lived your life <laughs> like an arms and legs off symbiote rolling down the street in the wind. I here's the thing. I'm not opposed to watching it. I've watched like Suicide Squad. I'll sometimes I'll be in the mood to be like I'll watch a kind of trashy uh, superhero film. I would say I put Suicide Squad on. I very quickly lost interest. I, in it. I, I it stayed on for the duration, but I was not. Paying I have it, no it. interest in paying to see it, but I will probably at some point it'll be on in my presence at some point. We got any other questions? Yeah. Uh, Cal Gooder would like to know how many Lauras could a Laura butt butt if a Laura butt could butt Lauras? My brain doesn't know how to process that 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 sentence. I'm gonna say all of them. Um, Laura butt would butt all of the butt butts if a Laura butt could butt butts Lauras. Wait, what? 
One of those things. Yeah, all of them. Whatever whatever that means, all of them. My years of Monkey Island training have failed me. I did know the whole woodchuck chuck thing. Um, could, would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? And why would a woodchuck chuck any amount of wood if a woodchuck could chuck wood? <laughs> but if a woodchuck could chuck, or should chuck, what about a wood would a woodchuck chuck? Uh, Avalia Torres would like to know uh, what are you most looking forward to for in 2019? Glorious Revolution! I hope for that. Um, things I'm like excited for that I know are going to happen, but as my books are coming out, and I'm, I know I've been really hammering on about that, but I'm really <laughs> excited to be like, it's looking very promising, I'll have two books out next year, and that's a really exciting thing. That'll be two whole books I'm going to read next two year. Whole, two whole books. That's, that's going to be weird. Yeah, something that isn't just an article. <laughs> something that isn't just forgotten five minutes after it's put up. Hey, yeah. hey! I still remember some of your your, your more memorable articles. Yeah. I still remember gaming butts. I still remember gaming dicks and vaginas. Internet content is, by its nature, somewhat disposable. Yeah, but it'll you... be nice to have a thing that's a bit more concrete and tangible because it's a physical print item. Yeah, exactly. It's it's not just sort of the internet moves very quickly. Are you saying that if you've been uh, been born a little bit younger and been able to get into games journalism that bit younger, you could have been like the one of those great personalities of of early nineties gaming journalism? Um, no, because without the internet. My fucking has no qualifications ass would never have found work. Aw, that's poop. Yeah, it is what it is. Oh. What questions we got? Uh, if DOS and compatibles had not destroyed the market for the home microcomputer, what computer would you be gaming on today? Ooh, I have no idea. I guess I'd go with some kind of Commodore product. I had a Commodore 64. I always really like the look of the Amiga. Yeah. I've played... The intro to Blood Money repeatedly. I'd be very interested to see what a modern Commodore would be like. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be quite an interesting thing. Yeah, uh, yeah, maybe that. Um, I hear the Atari ST was good. I I hear that um, Norman Cook still uses an Atari ST for making some of his music. Is yeah. if he still makes music, or is he even alive? <laughs> Who knows? I've not paid any attention to Fat Boy Slim in years. <laughs> I can't remember why. Was he shitty about something? If you ask that question, the answer's often yes, often but I yes. don't know. Oh, well. Last we got one question. I think that's everyone. <gasps> Let me do play check. It's the end of the questions for now. Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Brochure Justice Warriors! Hello, Larry. Alright, Larry. How are you doing? Oh, yeah. Another week, another season of just the press horribly laying into trans people. Yeah, I've seen a lot of that this week. I think it's because of that whole uh, GRA reform that... uh, you know, finally sort of, uh, they stopped taking people's uh, thoughts in on that this week and uh, got that real push of transphobia coming in, just, you know, trying to get that last little bit of anti-trans support they could in. Yeah, it's uh, absolutely disgusting. I feel like, you know, this is just another part of the uh, the, the media's attempt to just cull minorities. Oh, goodness, yeah. There was that whole thing with that advert in the Metro oh. and their... Their ludicrous response when people were criticising them and they were like, well, 
if trans people want to raise money to defend themselves in our, you know, in our newspaper, we're not stopping them. It's like, well, maybe you shouldn't, you know, accept money to to fear monger against a minority group in the first place. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, if you're the Daily Mail, we're doing that for free most days anyway. Indeed, yeah, it's 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 horrible. We've seen such a such a step up recently, and like. I know we batter on about the GRA a bit, but like self ID for trans people has been has been introduced in so many countries already, and in none of them did it correspond with a rise in crime. Like all these claims that like oh, if you let trans people self identify, crimes are going to rise as a result. It's like no, that's just not real. That's just not what happens. No, it's just just Section Twenty Eight all over again, but for oh, trans yeah, people yeah. instead of gay people. Yeah, it's no, it's criminalising existing or educating about a minority group's existence, and we it just trans people have not yet reached to the point that that gay people in the UK did eventually reach where like. Over fifty percent of people went, yeah, yeah, gay marriage, gay marriage, yeah. We've not reached that that like you know tipping point where everything is like generally over the hump. We've not reached that yet for trans people. I, I have a, an older gay friend who lived through a lot of you know lived through all of Section Twenty Eight and uh, you know some of the seventies uh, appallingness that went on there. And you know he's saying that uh, trans rights are basically very much where, where gay rights were in about the 70s. Yeah. I mean, they do seem to be moving with a bit more speed than gay rights did, but still, that that's just not fast enough. And, and yeah. the, the way the media are treating it, it's, it's exactly the same. The way the religious right are jumping on it, exactly the same. And, and uh, political feminists as well, once yeah. again... Uh, well, just it, just hate in there. It's, hate, hate, it's hate. all the same play by plays. It's you start by you start by saying that they're a danger to be around children. Yeah. You 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 know you take that and you mobilise it to be like we've got to keep them out of bathrooms because that's where they're a danger. Because yep. it's all that with gay people, so you can't have gay people in bathrooms because they'll be a danger. Yep. Um, then you've you got know. your slippery slope fallacies, like yeah. what happens next? Are we allowing paedophilia? Exactly. Oh, paedophilia is always in comparison. No matter what it is, it's the fear of the time. It's like, if we allow this, what part paedophilia? Um, then it, it's all play by play the same thing. It's fear mongering and saying that, like, this group who just want to live their lives and get on with what they want to do. And piss no. in peace. Yeah, and piss in peace. No, no, no. You like, you can't tell kids about them because that will turn them into that group. If they, they know that exists, they'll, it'll turn them. It'll turn them and that's evil. And you can't tell them about it because it's not child appropriate. And No, it's just let people know that options exist. Normalise things from a young, from a, you know, from a young age and don't, Assume that every minority group that exists, you know, by themselves, it's like, oh no, they're gonna, they can't let them in bathrooms. You're gonna hurt people. It's just nonsense. Yeah, and and let the children be better educated than you were if you're so badly informed that you you think that all these awful things about people that you know nothing about. It's just ill ill informed opinion, hearsay, and people jump in one after the other. After ridiculous excuses for bigotry. Honestly, the problem with so much of this stuff is it's it's honestly just trying to drive wedges in the LGBT community because like a big part of it. I think, oh, it's all is, divide and conquer. Yeah, no, it's if we can get people to be you know you know get trans people out the picture, that's one less group that is then there to support and defend the rights of the L G and B section when they can't when you know people start coming back for them. Yeah, it's it, it's it's never 
First they came for the rich white people, which no. is what they seem to always fear it is. And currently it is they came for the Muslims, they came for the trans people, they came, they for, came the, for the disabled, they came for the people of colour, they for came the, for the poor. Yeah, it's always like you take you take the groups that you think you can, you know, you have the least ability to mobilise the media and defend themselves, and you pick them off one by one so that, you know, you just solidify your power in the position where you're like, oh, I'm part of the group that has all the power. Exactly. Exactly. Gross, gross, oh, gross. It's ridiculous. It's tiring. I hope that the now the GRA reform is out of the way, we get a little bit of peace and quiet from this, and it doesn't. We don't get such a high density of attacks for a bit. Yeah. Be nice to have a breather. It would be nice to have a bit of a pe- re- pe- bit of peace and quiet, but as I fear, as long as we've got a Tory government, the the windrush abuses, the yeah, the the uh, just the, oh, every it's ah, it's here's, here's the thing. All I can say is. Trans allies right now like need to just be vocal about their support and keep being vocal, even if there's not a new story at that time. Be vocal about your support for trans people and just keep that vocalness up because it's fucking needed right now. Because trans people, fucking tiring. Can't can't put all the pressure on them to fight this. Fucking exhausting from what I hear. Yeah. Should we do a hug? Please, do that hug. Please, I could yeah. do with one. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Oh, oh, this is needed. Definitely, definitely. I mean, oh, state of the world. State of the world. How did we get to this? Oh, I don't know. At least we got this good, good hug going on. We do. Uh, more hugs in the world. More caring and compassion and, <sighs> and, and decency to one another. You know, seeing other people as human beings rather than commodities or some. Other to be feared. Exactly. Right, should we go have that cup of tea? Definitely, or pop the kettle on. Have a cup of tea. Laura! Yes? Where can we find you on the internet, darling? You can find me at Laura K. Buzz pretty much everywhere. Laura K. Buzz on Twitter, Laura K. Buzz on YouTube, Laura K. Buzz on Twitch. You can also find me on Unbound, where my Ooh. first, probably the first book of mine that's going to release, uh, Things I Learned About Mario's Butt, is on Unbound. You can pick up a copy, a signed copy, a copy that I've drawn a butt in the front of. You can get it with a with a mug with a butt on it, or a, two signed copies. Yeah, you can get two signed copies. You can get you can get a Prince little social media avatar of like some butts drawn by our artist. There's a bunch of cool things. Go you check can that out. Suggest a butt. Yeah, you can suggest a butt. Um, on top of that, my memoirs coming out in July 2019. Uh, you can find that on places Book like depository. depository. It's on Amazon in a lot of countries. <sighs> I mention that just because it's the one that like a lot of countries it's starting to pop up oh, in. So I know. I know. I'm just trying to let you know if you're in another country and don't want to order it from Book Depository in the UK, it is on Amazon. Bezos doesn't need any more money. He does not. Um, but yeah, other than that, I'm on Dice Funk, which is a fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons real play podcast. I'm on seasons three, four, and five. Season three is about escaping a magical barrier town. Season four is about overthrowing capitalism in a cyberpunk future. Ooh. And season five is about space and the many adventures that you have in space. Space! Uh, I think that's about everything. Kotaku.co.uk, Monday to Friday, 9 to 5. There you go. <laughs>
Is that, that's, that's the thing. It's yeah. getting longer. It's getting longer. <laughs> uh, what about you? Where are you? Um, by I mean, the comparison of least uh, comparatively small. I'm Janeris Magnets on the SoundCloud where you might be listening to this now. Uh, you can also find me on StoneMonkeyRadio.blog. Uh, we're on iTunes as Monkey Radio. Mm-hmm. You can find all of the related products. Uh, I'm on Twitter and YouTube as Maniac Janiac. That's J A N E I A C. Ah, uh, although I'm James Scariest Magnet at the moment, because you know October. Um, ah, I think that's all of the places. I'm very hyped for all the things. Fantastic. Yeah. And with all that said, Ooh. until next time, be a stranger. I am quite strange. Bread. May I scooch bread? Bread. That is a lot of bread. That's a lot of bread in a toilet. Yeah.